0: Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 028 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Once again to the eye on the ball this is your host elaine ingram this week's guest needs no introduction he was just an ordinary boy from newry who grew up playing football with his brother and his friends down in the meadow but he had an extraordinary talent a talent that soon catapulted him to fame across the water in england and on the world stage for northern ireland but he's never forgotten his roots and he's happy to talk to me about his life in Newry and everything that came afterwards. The man, of course, is one of the greatest goalkeepers the world has ever seen. Pat Jennings. Hello. Hello, Pat. Yep. It's Elaine.
1: Elaine, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you? Yep, fine. Yep. Uh, first of all, I just want to say what an honour it is to to get to speak to you. Really, thanks so much for taking this call. Um, I suppose I want to start at the beginning. Um, you began playing football, um, for an under nineteen team, when you were only eleven years of age here in Newry. Yep. And in right.
1: uh, right the meadow.
0: In the meadow, no, which
1: is now Jennings Park. Yep.
0: And it was lovely to see to see um that you you make a point of always saying that that's one of your favorite things is having Jennings Park named after you, which you know anybody who plays. Carney League football. We'll be delighted to hear that.
1: Yep, very good. Yeah, but sure, I'm back and forward to Ireland all the time. With the, uh, I'm involved with the Irish FA McDonald's on the Grassroots Program. So mm-hmm. I've been ambassador for them for the last 12, 13 years. So I'm in an Idle Northern Ireland all the time uh, doing that going around the country, acknowledging the people that do great work in grassroots football. So uh, and plus with golf outings, I mean i um, involved with Cooperation Ireland for the last 30 years and uh, I've done all sorts for them and supported them along with the great Derek Dugan. you know, so uh, from from Morris Cycles, fast uh, picking up 1500 cyclists, cycling through to Dublin and picking up 1500 and riding back the next day. We've done that a couple of times and
0: You're keeping uh, yourself very busy, yeah.
1: Yeah, over the years, like I mean, 30 uh, thirty, thirty-five years I've been involved with the uh, corporation. Arms. I have a golf day which I missed this, uh, this year for the first time at Royal County Down. It was my twenty-seventh year, unfortunately, because of the COVID thing, uh, we couldn't couldn't hold it this year.
0: So. Yeah, it's it's such a shame that you know things like you know sports have been so affected. Yeah. You know, and even stuff and travel I suppose you can't travel you're, you're in no, London No I
1: haven't been believe it or not I hadn't been back to Ireland from uh, from January uh, but I came back to the Belfast Telegraph Awards my wife Eleanor and I and we haven't been back since and I've got a lovely new house sitting up the road and Mike and uh, haven't been near it you know
0: Were you planning um, on, on yeah you, 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 you've stuck to your roots all these years I mean having lived in England for so long and you know, played for most of your career over there. You've always kept your connections here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all my family is still there, brothers, and I'm and, and, uh, um, right the way through from, right the way through the, the, the troubles. After my last match, we'd have loaded the car up and uh, the next day we'd have been over on the Liverpool like Hollyhead, both back to Ireland, for six or seven weeks, you know. And, can imagine well in those days there wasn't much happening. What wasn't a lot you could do.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it was golf, but it was nice just to get back to see the families, you know. Yeah.
0: So, Have you always played golf?
1: Uh, uh No, never played golf at all. To I uh, went to England, and uh, I, I went out one day just to carry for a few of our senior players, Jimmy Graves and. Bill Brown and people they got, they were all golf addicts, and uh, I couldn't believe watching the golfers. where have I been? I've missed all these these years. I was <laughs> only probably uh, eighteen, nineteen at the time. So, as soon as I home, then to Ireland. I've been down to Greenore uh, and spent the days playing golf during the summers. You know, yeah, so, great times, great memories. So,
0: yeah. You started off in forestry, here in Newry. Your-
1: uh, well yeah, before that I even went to work. I mean in those days, unless you are in education in Ireland, you you, uh, you just took any sort of a job to get a few jobs, you were lucky if you get any sort of work. And uh, I went to work in the local factory, Horrocks' factory on the Warren Point Road, just down below where I live, Chapel Street. And uh, as I say, you took any sort of work to get a few jobs, and I went to work in that factory, £2.18 a week. And you had a check-in in the morning 8 o'clock and, and check-out at 6 o'clock at night for £2.18. <laughs> so uh, that was a t- strange times. but um, unfortunately the, the, uh, the factory closed after 10 months and uh, I was out of work then for a couple of weeks and my dad was working for a on the uh, in a timber gang up the road just literally across from where my house is on that mountain. And, uh, he got me a job in the timber gang. So I was literally there, I think I I was there for 10 months. And I came in from, uh, work one night, my brother Brian, who played me in that under 19 league in Uri for Shamrocks. He was playing with Uri United. And, uh, he said to me that the goalkeeper was going to England to look for work. Why didn't I come down and do a bit of training? I might get a game.
0: So, (laughs) <laughs> Had you been in nets at all
1: for, for... No, not at all. Never dreamt about. Uh, I played obviously, and not on the nineteen league when I was eleven. Yeah.
0: At, in
1: the me- at the meadow. I mean, all the different areas of the town picked the names of famous clubs, and we were Shamrocks and there was Celtic and Balabod and the Arsenal, and, and uh, with, it was. They were brilliant. I mean, with some unbelievable eight nine hundred people at the matches on the night. The rivalry was unbelievable in these games. But uh, that was what basically where we it started McGraw played in that team. And then he went on to uh, to play serious soccer like myself. But I just carried on then after the, as an eleven year old there was no uh, real soccer in the time. Yeah. So I just played McGaelic but Do you think the uh, Gaelic helped
0: a lot because of the ball handling? And then he went to...
1: on the Thursday night and got picked for the team on the Saturday and uh, kept the clean sheet and that was me up and running and three months later we won the Irish Junior Cup
0: and that's a big deal around here <laughs> so
1: that was yeah I think there's something like three on the teams or something yeah like
0: that. yeah the junior so cup that. is is a, is a is a big one for for yeah. here but obviously that so, was a drop in the ocean for you in yeah. later years. <laughs> I mean I never, even at that stage never dreamt to play professional football and then
1: I am in the Newry Town team the next year and I'm there about three months again, the chairman, uh, he comes to me one night and said, Pat we we'll are putting your name forward for selection of the Irish youth team, Sam McCulloch was chairman and uh, I said what does that mean, he says well there's trials coming up in Belfast, if you make the trials make the Northern Ireland team, uh, there's a European youth tournament coming up in England, and there uh, there's a possibility he could qualify for that. We still had a player decide, uh, to see who was gonna through to represent Ireland. So it was a year of the big snow in across Britain and the trials and Belfast were cancelled because of bad weather. But I could pick the play for Northern Ireland. So now I'm going down to Dublin to play the the game against uh, the Republican over the two games we finished up winning. So
0: now going through to playing this European Youth Tournament in England, In Wembley, no less.
1: That. Well, that's where it finished up. I have to come off the mountain, the canyon, and ten days later, I'm playing in the world famous uh, Wembley. That and must be something days, else. Those I played in the NFL Cup final, I played there uh, for your country, and I mean some great players in England played all their life in the first division, never got to play at Wembley. And here's me, ten days in the game and I'm playing at the World Famous Wednesday,
0: so... That must have been that's really inspirational started, for you. The,
1: yeah, unbelievable, yeah.
0: And who were your heroes in those days? Your sporting well, heroes?
1: a fellow Uri man a fellow called Peter McPowerland.
0: Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: Who literally lived two, a couple of hundred yards down the street from me. And uh, he was our local hero, you know, playing for the junior team as us, Shamrock grove and then we all to play for the Aston Villa and the national team. And, Won the first is one one of their FA Cup with uh Villa uh, in nineteen
0: fifty seven, and then I done the same ten years later in yeah. uh, nineteen sixty seven. one the first FA Cup, with, with Spurs. So,
1: yeah, yeah, and then one again with Arsenal.
0: It's and not often Cup. that you have um you know Spurs and Arsenal fans both um you know. Embracing you, uh, you know, it, it says a lot about you and your character, you know, that, that you would be such a popular player having played for both of those teams.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I obviously done a decent job for both Yeah. Teams, yeah. <laughs> so that was the important thing, but having played nearly 600 or something we that for Tottenham and then, and all 330 for Arsenal, so an unbelievable career, you know, 119 of the national, too short of 1100 first last game.
0: So, yeah
1: it was just an unbelievable career
0: you know? and what how did it same? feel after 13 years with Spurs when um you were Ke- when Keith Birkinshaw decided to sell you to Arsenal how how, how did that feel at the time
1: uh, probably the worst day of my life in football yeah uh, somebody coming to you at that stage I mean I've been lucky in my career to be football a year twice.
0: Yeah, and you were huge. I mean, you were a fantastic, still a fantastic player. I mean, there did not seem to be any yeah. rhyme or reason for it, you know.
1: In 1973, I was the Football Writer's Player of the Year, 76th PFA Player of the Year. I'm the only goalkeeper in the country to have won both, and uh, even up to now. So uh, it was such a shock, seventy-six and Player of the Year.
0: Yeah, football you didn't see it year. coming at all, did you?
1: Um, no. But then I had twenty. I missed twenty-one games the next year with Tottenham. Uh, had a bad injury, and at the end of the season, the team got relegated. And looking back, I think had I played in ten or twelve of the matches, there might have got enough points to keep Tottenham up.
0: Yeah. But that's
1: something we'll never know. Well. But I was back bit literally the last month of that season, and uh, I picked the Sunday paper up one one Sunday, and I'm reading that. There's a possibility I might be available for transfer. So I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, a a couple of times earlier, I'd asked Bill Nicholson whenever he was manager Barcelona, who'd come in showing an interest in me. And uh, I'd gone and asked him, my contract was up as well. So it was just, it means I knew there was no ever any chance of me getting away from Tottenham at that stage with Bill Nicholson. Yeah. So then I sort of said I've had an inquiry from Barcelona. So, just said to me, You're joking, son. What are we gonna do? So that was the way it was in the old days, you know. So yeah. uh, then, whenever it appeared in the paper that there was a possibility that I might be available, uh, Terry Neal, who was the manager at Arsenal, he rang me up and he said, "Pat, what's this? I'm saying I'm reading in the paper that you might be available." I said, uh, "Yeah." I said, can see you said, "The first you heard
0: can, of it as well." <laughs> yeah, but
1: I said I can't believe that uh, it's going to happen. And I said, plus the like, <laughs> there's no way I can join Arsenal, you know, being Tottenham to Arsenal. It just couldn't yeah. happen. With. So, uh, but that was all. That was last month of that season, and, and then I went. I asked Keith Burgess. We were actually on tour the last uh, month, last couple of weeks of the season. We went to Norway, and on the way, like I thought, I just asked Keith Burgess, "What the situation is?" Uh, six, seven. clock and said can I award you a and I thought he wanted to talk tactics
0: Yeah. so
1: the next thing he hits me with now they decided that you can go don't want to take you to Sweden tomorrow the team are going to Sweden last week of pre-season you'll be an embarrassment to the other goalkeeper so that was what he hit me with so I said you want to apologise been a good player all these years so the next thing he said right he said Bobby Robson's ringing here uh, tonight at 6 o'clock and I'll, I'm ringing you at half six I want to know where you're going before I go to Sweden tomorrow so I said I've been at Tottenham 13 years and you, you're expecting me to make a decision for you to shoot you and a half an hour so that was what the conversation finished up and then of course I finished up saying to him uh, by the way what sort of money are you asking for me transfer money so he said Why, what do you think you're worth so i say, well, I know what I'm worth, but I don't think Tottenham should be getting it. <laughs> I've been here 13 years, and usually players, maybe done 6, 7, 8, 10 years of the club, bought for 100,000. They were given free transfers and I bought for 27,000 13 years earlier, and now I'm being sold. So that, that hurt me a lot as well. I mean, I was sold for, for 45 50,000. And in those days, you will not do anything out of the money, out of the transfer of money. So
0: you're just a commodity, aren't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: I mean, and that's the same for footballers now, all the time. It, it's, it's
1: Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Once they, the club wants you to go, it doesn't matter what you think. Are, are, and it's happening to players every week, every other week. Uh, you know, they come along and say, right, we, we want to sell you. We don't think you're good enough, we're getting a repl- replacement in. And it
0: doesn't matter what you are thinking; you just got to go work wherever the job takes you. Yeah, and so people have you've got your life commodity. set up, you know, yep. an area. I mean, you're you say you were lucky because you stayed in London, but I mean, yeah, as you said, like that doesn't happen to players up and down the country all the time. Yeah, you're yep. only as good as your last game, and even even in your case, it was nothing to do with your game. It was just you know whatever they just decided.
1: Well, look, believe it or not, I read Bill Nicholson's book there, the late great and Nicholson there, about. Uh, through the lockdown, I've been reading books catching up and I read his book there about five or six months ago and in the book he said one of the, the reasons that was sold was that there was new legislation coming out through the PFA, Professional Football Association, that if you spent five, six years previously at a club and come to my age, 32, 33, you could walk away on a free transfer. So that was he was saying that was what he put it down to the reason that was sold because well, they
0: could have told you that at the time
1: they got me 45, 50 thousand from me that, that they couldn't have got uh, yeah. the next year you know but yeah, that's football as you said earlier there. that's the way football operates clubs
0: operate. you were very young now you because you were only 17 when you went over there when you went over to Watford um, yeah. from Newry Town and what, what is that like for I mean people don't seem to Realize like h- how well are you looked after. Back in those days, you know, are you just you're away from your family, you're just well, lumped I, I, over I, I, in a new place. Yeah, as you
1: say, Lane, I'd never been away from uh, out of Ireland. I'd never been any further south than Dublin. I, I went to play basketball with Derry and down in Derry for the school, and uh, that was I'd never been out of Ireland at seventeen. So even that wasn't massive for me, you know, and uh, but I mean. I was earning on the mountain four pounds something a week. And my first contract at Watford was twenty three pounds a week. Another two pound and made the first team plus bonuses. And I mean, to be honest, I thought I'd won the pool. Yeah. You know.
0: You
1: know but still you, know, you must have been
0: lonely. Money. You were still on your own, you know?
1: Yeah. But that sort of money for playing football I couldn't believe my luck. I would have played football for nothing. Yeah. So that was it. But and I was lucky because it was only, there was only a month of the season left at that stage whenever I joined uh, because of the bad where it had to be extended that year. So I joined and Watford had four games to go at the end of that season and they were in danger of being relegated from the third to the fourth division. And they didn't play me the first two games. They got themselves out of rele- relegation ball and then I played the last two matches. So uh, then after that... I had uh, five or six weeks in Ireland, holidays again. So it was a nice little break I'd been overseen when I was going back to. It. And uh, it was, as I said, it, it was lovely the way it worked out. And then I had a manager at at uh, Watford that I called Bill McGarry. He was a really tough manager, but three or four times during my one season, but on that first season, on a Friday, he came with an air ticket. And say to me, Pat, there, uh, there you go, son. Uh, tomorrow night after the match, we'll have you dropped it at the airport, and we'll pick you up again Thursday night."
0: Well, that's
1: so nice. that meant so much to me at the time, just getting back to see the family. Yeah, and as I must say that happened three or four times during that that first season.
0: Oh, that was good so, that you were looked after yeah, in that yeah. sense, because yeah, it's an it is a tough thing to be away from home with all that pressure as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And but, I mean, in those days you didn't, didn't realize with pressure with the bike. I suppose you know? didn't.
0: It's, yeah, you're you were it's just a kid. It's an going, adventure.
1: Yeah. People were putting on the next rung of the ladder and you were just going along with it. So, and in those days with no goalkeeping coaches as such, so you just had to learn through your mistakes, you know, that was... That
0: well, was you have such an unorthodox style. I don't know, could anybody teach the way you go? I mean, I was looking at some of your videos there from footage and it's just incredible. The saves that you have made over the years are just they just defy any sort of logic. Um you just fling yourself all over the place. <laughs> yeah, <but I'm laughs> can that to... can you actually can you teach that? I know you do coaching and everything. Can you teach that or is it just innate? Is it just something well, that you have? I mean,
1: you look at goalkeepers and there's not two of them the same, you know. So that's just something that you develop in the in the game, but uh, what we're working on now would be, would just be handling balls from all angles, all, all distances, uh, around the goal, all sorts of, you know, 90% of the game. Whenever I was eventually had goalkeeping coach, my first coach was, was Bob Wilson, who I played against every year, Tottenham Arsenal matches. Though so I'd spent 13 uh, months at Watford, no coach, uh, 13 years at Tottenham, no coach, and then all of a sudden I've got Bob Wilson, right. and I just literally would have been two hours a week with him. But that was so beneficial; I really enjoyed working with him. So then it was something that I brought on into coaching whenever I finished uh, Playing at Tottenham and Arsenal, but nowadays, I mean, half the training is <laughs> can the can the goalkeepers control it and pass it out? They all want to play like outfield players now,
0: you know. Yeah, I know. i noticed been, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nowadays it was the best place to the fan was in the opposing 18-yard box. So that's how much the game has changed. I mean, I mean, you just look at the pitches that we played on uh, to what they play on nowadays. I mean, the pitches you just can't compare what we played on to what the, the present day pitches are. Uh, absolutely immaculate. You wouldn't. Boots
0: are probably just much more ball standard. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and the balls were much higher in those days uh, than what they are nowadays. So it was just changed so so completely.
0: Does it It make it better, or do you think
1: you know? No, I think it's, it's brilliant. I'd love to be starting again. You know, really, yeah. time time goes up three or four minutes injury time and somebody's getting felt and that goes down in the appearance. Yeah. Same, same with the international teams now. So, but uh, that's just the way the game waved on.
0: I suppose everything just develops. Yeah, yeah. And what about your international career now? I mean you began um well you're the most capped player for for Northern Ireland, um which is an incredible achievement. Um, and your very first game was with oh, them.
1: I, I, I lost that just recently. Oh, did Steve you? Stephen Davis. He, yeah, Stephen Davis. He got his hundred uh, twentieth cap there. Oh, and you to
0: one hundred and
1: nineteen. A couple of games ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. I would say there are different times whenever we were. I think I played a hundred and eighteen of my one hundred and nineteen I Played one hundred and nineteen then. So. I think it was suddenly twice, uh, once injury And just before the World Cup in '82, I had another bad injury, and i right through from qualifying in November, December. Uh, I got injured in January, and then I was every six, seven weeks going out, breaking down, having taken from 1964 joining the international team to now '82. I'm going to miss out on the World Cup.
0: Oh, dear, yeah. So, after it's trying for so job. long to, to, yeah. to, to get there.
1: And uh, I literally played half a game against Wales in May. And whenever I came in at half time, Billy Bingham said to me, like Pat, that'll do you. You've got a month now to get fit for Spain. That was one of the half a games that I missed, you know.
0: And but, uh, the, uh, the best been, thing I that either. ever happened then, because um, beating the hosts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that must have been something else. Yeah, unbelievable, mate. Like, were unbelievable just to, to, to make that there. Uh, we've been compared all the time every four years. Uh, the last team that had qualified in Northern Ireland was 1958, mm-hmm. and the great Peter McPollar played in that team.
0: Yeah.
1: So it was something that was all, was all, are they ever going to qualify again? So that was from me joining the international team at 17, 18 to 36 now. And I thought, I had to pass me by, I weren't going to make it, so it was brilliant, and then I'm thinking I'm And then it was right like in. buses, wasn't gonna make it. It was yep. four, four years later you were there again. Yeah, well it was incredible the way that worked out, I mean, I had finished, uh, my last contract at Arsenal finished in five, and I was again home in Ireland, seven, eight weeks home, with all the families, finished, and uh, I got a call then from the Tottenham manager, Peter Shreves, Pat can you help us out? Uh, we've only got one fit goalkeeper, and that was uh, Ray Clements, Ray Clements, who unfortunately we lost, died there a few weeks back. Okay. He was the only fit goalkeeper at Tottenham, had, could I please come back and help out at Tottenham? So I said to Peter Shreves, Peter, I'm finished, I haven't kicked the ball for eight weeks now. So, uh, and funny enough, uh, Larry McMenemy, he had asked me to go to Sunderland. When he was taking over as manager of Sunderland and asked me where to go with him to Sunderland. And I thought, Tottenham Arsenal, all these years, so, Thanks, but no, things. You know, it meant moving house, moving family again. Yeah. So uh, he had rang Billy Bingham, and I think, and Billy Bingham had said, Look, if that's playing in any team, I'll pick him for these qualifying matches for the World Cup, you know. So, um, I knew I was playing. I, know I never even dreamt at that stage that I, I thought I was out. That was it. But, uh, I said to Peter Shreeves just to keep them happy. Peter, I'll be back in London at the weekend, Friday, Saturday. I'll give you a ring whenever I get back. And the next thing he said, Pat, we need you. We've got a reserve match against Chelsea on Tuesday. This was Sunday night. He said, I need you to play in that match. He said, I'm booking you in a flight in the morning. So, I literally went back on the Monday and played against Chelsea on the Tuesday, kept a clean sheet, and that was me back at Tottenham.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I played uh, literally all that year, just reserve matches. At
0: Keep Cup yourself Monday. right. I
1: played, played one Super Cup match against Liverpool, but just played reserve team football and uh, kept playing in the qualifying matches.
0: better than push. that you couldn't finish your career and you were the oh, oldest 40, player in that tournament too were not you
1: 41st birthday yeah brazil, yeah so there were great great unbelievable times yeah
0: couldn't and what was it like playing against brazil
1: couldn't have written the script for that
0: <laughs> well, we
1: could, i think we'll get beat three on yeah the three night nil work. on the night but, yeah. but i
0: mean just the occasion itself must have been amazing
1: well everybody admired the way brazil played football so i mean it was just it was
0: oh good. yeah well they but, are the yeah. um the beautiful game comes from Brazil, doesn't it? Really?
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic times. And, uh, it was just brilliant. We were lucky to get nil on the night, but anyway. So, uh, and then after that match, believe it or not, I got uh, I got chosen to play in, in the rest of a world team.
0: Are you, I knew played against. Um, you played yeah. with Maradona. No, the late... against Maradona. You he played against Maradona. Amer-
1: he played in the Americas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that must be a dream when you're up against Maradona
1: in uh, yeah, itself. yeah, yep. but uh, the other team, they, they had an incredible team. I only played the first half of the match. And then uh, the, the other uh, Russian goal definitely came on in the second half. and We were 2-0 up whenever I went off at halftime.
0: So and, you didn't uh, concede any goals?
1: No, no. <laughs> and, uh, the, the goalkeeper was much busier the second half. got it back to two each. Maradona, I think, scored the second goal against us and then there was a penalty shootout and Maradona scored the winning penalty.
0: Were you in Nets then?
1: No. You weren't in
0: for the penalty shootout? Thankfully not. Thankfully not, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) But even to watch him, it must have been a... Unbelievable memories, yeah. 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 Yeah, he was a fantastic player. You scored a goal yourself, actually. Against Man United in the Charity Shield in 1967, I believe. Yep, yep. <laughs> Explain that.
1: Uh, well, again, I mean it was uh, it was uh, in those days we won the cup. Um, you had a you had to go to the league winners, was from Man United at Old Trafford. So uh, there was a free kick literally just outside our box. Dave McKay was and has gone up to take it. I said, "Give it to me, Dave. I'll knock it up." And I was trying to basically hit our the forward, Alan Gilzean. And Alex stepped me, the Man United you know, goalkeeper, he had obviously thought that they won't be able to control the ball that's travelling into the pitch. And he came out the back of his center half and Alan Gilzine. And my, my clearance has missed both of them. <laughs> and the next bounce, poor old Alex now nah, no man's land. <laughs> and uh, once the second bounce is in the back of the net and everybody, including me, is thinking, uh, what did he give the, the ref? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Wilson, I he was lucky enough; it was on television, and he was commentating that day on the match, and it took him about thirty seconds to to work out that Jennings had scored a goal.
0: <laughs> Has that ever happened you before know? in a in a you know uh, no, professional?
1: No, <laughs> no, not in my time, anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: but uh, it's happened quite a I think quite a few times since you know. Yeah. But uh, when you consider the balls so were much heavier in our day and our uh, and that the prices not happening a bit more often nowadays, so much lighter. I suppose your GAA
0: came with. into play there as well. <laughs> 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 no, but Great
1: memory you yeah.
0: know. And your first ever international um, match, you, uh, your debut, was with um, the the late great George Best, and he was a yeah. good friend of yours, yeah.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I was still at Watford and uh, he was just coming into the Man United team and so we hadn't come up against each other, I hadn't played against him and uh, we are both picked the same night as you say for the international team. Uh, Northern Ireland had just been beaten I think 8-3 at Wembley and the great Harry Gregg was in goal and looking back I've often thought what Harry Gregg must have thought about me coming into the team an 18 year old playing for Watford Hmm. Taking the great Holly Greggs place, but that was the way it was. I think there was a selection committee and those days that picked the team. But uh, I wasn't complaining anyway at that stage. Like, but though George himself, had said I'd never come up against him in a match. But nothing only great memories of George, and the way he played games and played one match, matches I remember against the great. Uh, the Celtic just won the, the, the European Cup and
0: Those were the days. <laughs>
1: yeah, with Drew with it with uh, with that great Dutch team, two each that night, and uh, that was a great Dutch team that went on to play Argentina in the final of the World Cup the next year. So that was how good they were, and what a performance where you had to, uh, to draw with them that night.
0: But George never actually played in the World Cup himself, which is a shame.
1: No, looking back, I mean.
0: His international career was was quite, la- you know, he didn't... Um, yeah,
1: he only played 37, 38 times. Yeah. But, uh, and that's my one regret for him, that he didn't, such an unbelievable player, that he didn't make the World Cup squad He wouldn't have been, he would have been too old for the 86. Yeah. But uh, I think Billy Bingham did look on him for the 82 squad and decided that, that he wasn't there, uh, he wasn't up to it. But I think even the brought him on for a second half or something again, there's no way he
0: would have let you down. You know? Yeah, no, he had a magic, he was magic, yeah, so he, was, he could produce miracles, you know, at times in the yeah. field. Um, you, you wrote a, an autobiography there, um, but it was quite a number of years ago. It was when you were coming to the end of your um Arsenal career.
1: Well, I thought it was uh, it was the end of my career. Yeah. At, at uh, 82, and having joined Watford in 62, 63, I thought i will leave it as long as I have. Can and then I'll have something to write about, you know. People write books now every every three or four years, I write new books, but I thought I'll have something to write about, and it was a good book. But then the next four years, from 82 to 86, was just incredible again, all happening.
0: You could have written another book.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Have you changed in any of your opinions that you had? I know you said in it you were talking about um, an All Ireland team. Was one th- was one thought you had? Have you still got any opinions on something like that?
1: Well, no, I was asked about that. Like, but, uh, I mean, I worked, I worked for the Irish Air there stayed early in McDonald's in the grassroots program. Yeah. So, and I've got a Pat Jennings uh, suite in the new national stadium. So. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I wrote, I've said in the book, if you had a bigger squad uh, picked from, that uh, you would have, obviously, a much better chance of having a better team, uh, you know but uh, I don't know what the politics are or why the two teams have ever split up on the first team, but that's yeah. the way it is. We're both associations at the minute, so we just got to
0: get on But yeah. And what about the Guitar World Cup now? What do you think? That's... Do you think it's a, it was a good, it's a good thing that they're having it there or what do you well, think? I can't
1: believe that they would pick a venue like that. I mean, I know it's,
0: yeah, it's I think really a lot of people would agree, agree with, with you. Good.
1: It shows the game to everybody, wherever you live in the world, but it just seems that for a game so physical as that, to uh, be playing it and that sort of ache.
0: Yeah, no matter uh, what they do, they're not going to be able to to get away from that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, they're, t- uh, they're talking about air conditioning and all sorts of stuff, but I mean, realistically, it seems like it's going to be torturous for an awful lot yeah, of... Yeah,
1: it'll, inter- it'll be interesting to see how it works out, Yeah.
0: yeah. And what about Northern Ireland um, now? I mean, there's a few... The goalkeepers that uh, we
1: have in the north, I think they have in the relatively Sure.
0: And your son, your son has played as well. He's followed in in, in your footsteps as a goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, Pat. Patrick, Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: He played for League of so. Ireland.
1: Yeah, and Pat.
0: Yeah. So he's, it's uh, come full circle. Coach there,
1: but he's, he's had a career yeah, from um, right the way through from from a goalkeeper as well, following Dad.
0: I know. Yeah. So, yeah. did I you teach him yourself? He's got a lot of, uh, he's got big shoes to fill or big hands to fill. they should I say? He he
1: played for UCD as well. Whenever he finished here in England,
0: have you got any plans to come back anytime soon? You know, now that things are starting to lift a bit.
1: ninety three, Ozzy the to Mapal Ozzy, he took over as manager. And he invited me back then to be first team goalkeeping coach. So I went back with him supposedly a day a week and then I finished up three, four days a week with the group working with the goalkeepers and uh, then from from the first team goalkeeping coach I'm now well for the last I think I don't know, ten or twelve 15 years I've been working with the academy boys, Yeah. so at the minute I'm still in a couple of days working with the academy boys. I'm doing more talking now than serving, but uh, this passing no, on my experience is not and as much as I can. Yeah. So uh, no, that's it, at the minute. So, and I do, as I said earlier, I'm Ambassador for the Irish FD and McDonald's and the Grassroots Programme, so I would have been in now 10 or 12 times already. Into Ireland by this time. and around the country acknowledging all the people that do fantastic work in grassroots football. And uh, the summer festivals at McDonald's and the FA ran, you know, great, great occasion and uh, good times. So, unfortunately, we're hoping to get them. Well, unfortunately, it didn't happen this year, but yeah. hopefully, next year we'll get them back on
0: again. Yeah, well, that's what you need is to have all this stuff coming through because grassroots is where it all begins, doesn't it? And you know, you know that well yourself. Yeah. Um,
1: and I mean, even now, as I said earlier, I worked for for uh, Cooperation Ireland, and this year I had a come from the twenty seventh year of the uh, golf at Royal County Down. So uh, that was a, a blow. There's about ten or twelve teams come in here from the UK to play in it every year. Yeah. With, with playing the Sunday at our glass and then go on to Newcastle and, and play at Royal County Town on the on Monday. So there was great times you can imagine 30, 30 35 teams uh, playing in that every year.
0: Yeah, I'd say so, that's fantastic. But hopefully it'll really, be really back next it, year.
1: Really missed that, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm patron as well for so the Northern Ireland Golf Tournament at Glen Gorm every year at I've uh, that, that had a go as well this year. So,
0: so you're really missing
1: it? Yep, yep. Missing the trips home, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully so. next year will be different. And we, Yeah,
1: hopefully we'll get back to uh, some sort of malady next year, you know.
0: And we'd love to see you out, down in Jennings Park. Well,
1: I was there last year with McDonald's. Uh, doing a little promotion for McDonald's there last year. Was photographed again. Uh, Along the St. Jennings Park, which is lovely, you know.
0: Yeah, and I had a makeover there a few years ago as well, and the um, a, a bit of a makeover. But we still need three G pitches. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, well, at
1: least uh, then you can. Well, it's brilliant what they've done uh, right across Northern Ireland. The three G pitches, you know.
0: Yeah, we need some in Ury. Uh, you can
1: play all, all, you know, all hours, and you don't do any damage to the pitches. Like their idea. Yeah. You can imagine the weather we're getting at the moment nothing, only rain, rain, and uh, you just couldn't play on the pitches and couldn't
0: use. Them. Well, you probably could have years ago when you were playing. Nobody cared then. You would play in in any conditions on on any pitches on any surfaces.
1: Yeah, but again, whenever you look at the facilities I have now and uh, the floodlight facilities, and it's just great for the kids to be able to have that facility. Right. Yeah. So many places now in in Northern Ireland. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Well, listen, it's been really has been a, a, a privilege and an honor speaking to you, Pat. And nope, um, no problem,
1: no.
0: and I hope to see you over this side of the water um, sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to getting back. Yeah. Seeing all the mates again. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, family,
0: yep. thanks very much, Pat. Right. It's no been problem. lovely talking to you. Right.
1: Right. Good luck.
0: Thanks. Bye. bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to our podcast and to Arma Eye. If you've any suggestions about what you'd like to hear or any comments at all, feel free to send us a message or leave a comment. And I hope you'll join me next time for the Eye on the Ball. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 028 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.